two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. Our guest this week is Tim Fraser. He paints strange and wonderful utopian landscapes of Vancouver's Stanley Park. You may have seen them at the Ian Tan Gallery. They are fantastic. He joins us to talk about painting in the park, how to find a gallery that's the right fit for the artist, and some awesome musings on the real value of limiting both palette and subject matter. Our bar is the Dublin Crossing Irish Pub in Cloverdale. You find links to these things, along with full show notes on our website, twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like it and want to hear more, subscribe, sign up for updates, and share it with your favorite artists and art lovers. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can buy us our next round. These so-called rounds actually help keep us ad-free. Now come and listen in as Tim and I talk about painting over a pint at the pub. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. <laughs> and rolling. The lines are open. <laughs> well, cheers, Tim oh, Fraser. Thank you. Yay. Cheers. Yeah. First thing, what is this bar we're in? Where are we? Oh, we're in uh, Cloverdale, in uh, North Cloverdale, the Dublin Crossing Irish Pub. Yeah, it's got that great Irish atmosphere to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you sent me the address, and as I'm driving here, I thought, I have no idea where in the world I am, but it sure is pretty out here. So. Yeah, and a great day. Fantastic clouds today. Yeah, uh, It's going to be a beautiful sunset. Yeah. 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 Nobody looks at clouds quite like a landscape artist, I think. so. I am always <laughs> scanning. I'm always aware. Everything out there when I'm driving, I've always, even before smartphones, I kept a camera in my jacket, uh, always ready, always watching for little pieces of magic to pop out. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. And thinking about your work, that makes total sense. So I knew you a little bit growing up you uh were when we were teenagers so yeah. about 10 years ago i guess yeah, it would roughly be. maybe yeah, 11 <laughs> <laughs> let's go with that um i was aware of you and then i was aware of tim fraser the artist as mm -hmm. i was driving past i think it was ian tan i saw that's right working. yeah yeah beautiful paintings and it wasn't until i was talking with my brother mike mm -hmm. and he said oh you know Tim Fraser from school, Bev's brother, who would come out with drawings of robots and superheroes, yeah, yeah. is like an artist, artist. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, that Tim Fraser is this Tim Fraser. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a great run. I, I, uh, I just kept at it. I just kept doing it. Uh, I never thought to myself, oh, I'm going to try to be an artist. Even now, I don't even think it. Uh, it's, it's not something I ever shot for. I just always did it. And yeah, and it just one thing led to another. And then next thing you know, you're opportunities pop up and you you go for them yeah yeah well your work is stunning it's, thank you i, I thank absolutely you. love it and it's it's very unique and beautiful and just a little bit like dr zeus if he was an amazing fine artist kind it's of a, feel. yeah it's, a little bit yeah. of fantasy there a little yeah. bit of utopia kind of uh feel to it uh, i got that from stanley park it's not necessarily a, an actual section of the park mm -hmm. but um it's the feeling that i would get early in the morning and I think that was a big uh, help to me was that I had a real connection to it because I was working a Monday to Friday job that was a great job, but it was kind of beating me down over the years. Yeah. And I'd get down to the park on a Saturday or Sunday morning and I was like, oh, I made it. I'm back. <laughs> and, I, and I so I had a real gut connection to it. Yeah. And uh, the low light early in the morning would light up sections of the landscape, almost like on stage you'd have a spotlight or something like that. 
and make it kind of dramatic, but it was really quiet at that time of the day. So it was a kind of a quiet drama. And I thought if I could get this across in a painting, as opposed to just photographing it or something like that, if I could get that feeling across, I think people would like it. I think I understand people sleeping in here Saturday morning, but I think they're missing out on something yeah. down here. Yeah. And the park is just so beautiful, as most parks are. And I think that was what kind of pushed me over to get, uh, not just to record it, but to get the feeling of quiet and peacefulness, but also a little bit of drama in there. And uh, and I think that's part of that fantasy utopian kind of mm -hmm. feel about it that uh yeah yeah and how long ago was that when did you first have i that uh when i went started going down to stanley park in 94 mm -hmm. and i went down just with the idea of making a few extra bucks so i would go down there and i'd draw animals polar bears and raccoons and things like that in pencil crayon and and you know sell them for 20 bucks and 50 bucks and that kind of a thing and you get to know other artists down there, and uh, they're doing paintings, and they're selling for a little bit more. And I thought, well, I can paint. Maybe I should paint. And I was doing the landscapes kind of the way you'd normally would, and uh, got to know a few of the artists there. And one of the artists was from Alberta, and he was doing prairie scenes, Ron McFadden. He would end up going into the Harrison Gallery when it was on Granville. And he sketched a lot, which was a nice effect on me, because I realized... Uh, watching him and watching uh, Will Refuse, another guy who was down there at the time, how much work they were putting into it on a daily basis, uh, it had a really good effect on me to get my level up and kick at it. And he would simplify his landscapes uh, kind of around the Lethbridge area. And we'd go for walks on the seawall. Uh, so same with other artists, but we, you'd set up, we'd get there at six, but you couldn't set up your paintings till nine, so you had a couple hours, so we'd do a couple hours around the seawall. And uh, that's when I really started to not just uh, find it beautiful, but his way of simplifying things. And there's a lot of people who simplify landscapes down to just form and things like that. Uh, and a lot of people do it in different ways and they do it great. But I found that when I took the same approach to Stanley Park that he was taking to these prairie scenes, that it got quieter. So I trimmed out, I stopped doing leaves unless I needed a texture to show the shape. And I got rid of the horizon and I got rid of the bricks on the seawall and all that kind of stuff. And that quieted the picture down. Uh, and that's what I wanted, that quiet peacefulness. I know uh, one customer has it in their meditation room type of thing. It, 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 that's the effect that I wanted, that it was peaceful, but it had a drama to it as well. Yeah. And uh, so I would have started that probably around 97, 98, no, 99. I was still doing, I think probably around 2000 then, maybe 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you still had a day job then when you yes. were doing the Stanley uh, Park. Yes, a very thing. helpful thing to do. I recommend it to all artists to have a day job. <laughs> uh, I recommend they have a sponsor. It we frees each have our a own sponsor, methods. yeah. Uh, that counts. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, the day job was, again, it was something I, it was a good job. Uh, it was Surrey Memorial Hospital. I was a shipper receiver there for the kitchen and uh, worked with a lot of good people. It was one of those things where, I wasn't trying to be an artist, but I was still painting anyways. I was doing it in the evenings, and I was going down to the park on, on the weekends. Yeah, I just uh, plugged away at it, and I, 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 once I found out you go down to Stanley Park and sell and display, I thought, yeah, let's do this. So you're working full-time, and then you apply. I know there's a whole application process to, like, no, yeah. not just anybody can show up in the park and throw an easel. There's an application down, right? process. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And you can be all year, or you can be six months. And you get a parking pass with it as well. I forget the numbers now because I, I left in 2004, so it's been a while. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, pretty simple process. You show them work, and uh, you're down there to sell. And and uh, back then, I don't know what it's like now, but back then in the summer, you could have as many as forty artists around that area, so you'd have hundreds of paintings, and it's quite a display. And there's a lot of benefit to that. You uh, first of all, you're bouncing ideas around with each other. You're finding out that that person's buying their canvases at a better price over here, and you know you learn a lot of things, and you see how people approach it all, and people from different you know, cultures and, and, and all that kind of stuff. You learn how to speak about your work uh, to all kinds of people from all over the world, all the different tourists that come around. There's a lot of benefits to it, mm-hmm. to being in that situation and developing in front of people right? Uh, and getting critique from people who couldn't care less one or the other, right? And yeah. uh, get a tough skin and, and yeah, a lot of benefits to it. it was, those were great years. And even after... When I, 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 before Ian, I was in the Kerbatov, which is just up the street, and I continued to be in the park because I liked it. And, I, and when I got with Ian, I said, I could still be down the park and I could just send people up to you and they could just pay through you or whatever. And he goes, no, I don't think you need to do that anymore. Yeah. So I stopped then. But sometimes I still look back and I go, I wouldn't mind going down there because I like the old trees that you sit amongst, the big, huge, old growth trees in and in the beautiful park. And I just sit there and enjoy the day and... And would you paint on location there? Or? Sometimes, yes. Uh, there were problems because there's bugs that get stuck in the paint. Yeah. <laughs> the wind would blow the canvas down on the ground. You'd really have to tie things down and anchor things down. Yeah. So it was a bit of a challenge for big paintings, and I was doing big paintings towards the end. So it did make sense to kind of step away. And again, you got to load them in your car afterwards. So right. it's like, well, I better do acrylics. And, and yeah, there's all kinds of problems that way. So it's nice to be in the gallery and just drop them off to somebody and and not worry about it. But I still like the park, and any chance I get, I'll still drive down and go through it and walk around it. And yeah. yeah. And yeah. is it still your inspiration? Are you... It is. I don't need to be down there, though. I've absorbed enough of it, I think. So a lot of my original sketches will be just from sitting at home and sketching. And uh, the sketching process will be... I suppose I've been around it enough that I know the feeling that I want to get from most of them. Uh, but the, the process itself will be, it'll start with composition. Mm-hmm. Placing the objects, and I'll treat light as an object, and I'll treat shade as an object, and I'll place them and, and see if it'll work upside down and sideways and backwards. And, yeah. and I'll work on that quite a bit until I'm really happy with the composition. Yeah. For our listeners who happen to be not jogging or driving, <laughs> they're sitting in front of a computer screen, okay. and they want to get a feel for your work and what, uh, what we're talking about, where would they go online to see it? Uh, timfraser.ca, pretty simple, T-I-M-F-R-A-S-E-R.ca. And then uh, you could also go to the gallery, Ian Tan Gallery. I think it's .com. It might be .ca, but I think it's .com. Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. I was in there the other day for their capture show. Oh, the photos, at, yes. Uh, Penny Lane I'm glad to see he's doing, and Penny Lane's great. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was an awesome show. Love yeah, I like that he's yeah. getting more of the photos in. Yeah. When I worked for the Arts Council in South Surrey, White Rock, the semi Arts, I was really amazed how many photographers are in that peninsula. Mm-hmm. And enough so that I, we started thinking, well, we need to have shows that are just for photographers. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good work. And they seem to be bunched up down there at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was down there. I'm sure they're all over the place. But yeah. I was really glad to see Ian do a, a photography show. Yeah. yeah. What was that experience like being on the Arts Council? Uh, it's great. Uh, you can make use of your experience. At that point in time, I had, I don't know, 30 years of experience in all kinds of situations. So... Uh, a lot of up-and-coming artists, there's a lot of things they don't know. They don't know how to necessarily photograph their artwork or uh, 
hang shows or do their promotional material or do websites or do the graphics. And there's a lot of things that you can help with. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be a great expert or anything, but uh, you have experience and you can say, well, this is what I've experienced. And, you know, a lot of them have trouble with pricing and, and things like that. So you feel valuable. Right. All the not-for-profits... There's lots of work, lots of uh, lots of uh, volunteer kind of opportunities. So you do end up kind of doing more than I think you plan to. Yeah, lots uh, of meetings. Happy to do, and but yeah, we and with the arts council, it wasn't just uh, artwork. It was uh, we had movies with the city of White Rock and all kind. We had book readings, authors coming in, and things like that. A lot of really cool things, and we had the Turnbull Gallery uh, in there as well. So they knowing that I had uh, helped manage the Fort Gallery, which is an artist-run gallery. And that I was in the gallery downtown, they asked if I would take charge of that one as soon as it was built. And so then I uh, got that set up and would find artists to show. And and uh, you get to know the artists in, they're all around South Surrey and White Rock as a result. And mm -hmm. it's just a, a good feeling to know you're helping people. And it's nice to have that social interaction and get to know people. And, and you see them grow and, and move into galleries and do great stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So you went from school to into work and then into painting? I went from school, mm -hmm. so let's say high school. I went into a couple of years of Kwantlen for fine arts. Okay. Now, again, I never approached my life as I'm going to be an artist. It, it just didn't seem a practical thing, and there didn't seem to be anything to do. I did commercial graphics. I did mechanical drawings and furniture and things like that for brochures and things right after school. But I never said to myself, oh, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to try for it or whatever. I just did it. Uh, the day job made more sense. To, you know, paycheck every two weeks, that made more sense. Started at 19 at the hospital, uh, as young as you can. Uh, Full-time by 22, and it's a case of, great, I can move out and have my own place. And, and then it was a case of, uh, when I had my own place, I always had the paintings going. Uh, sometimes I had a one-bedroom place, but sometimes it would be a, 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 what do you call it, a bachelor suite. So I'd literally be sleeping in the same room with the paintings, and I could stare at them and go... What do I need to do? Do I take this out? Should I put that in? Does it need more of this? So I could do hour after hour and just live with them constantly. And I think that was beneficial too. Yeah. Maybe not the best way to live for most people, but it's, it was good for me. And uh, I'd still do it today uh, in, <laughs> in some situations. To spend a lot of time with your paintings and look at them and go, do I need that to come forward? Do I need to... Is, should that be brighter? Should that be a stronger color? You just go through all these things mm -hmm. and you turn them upside down. You look at them. You look at them in the mirror. You look at them all kinds of ways. And you... Is this too strong? Is this... It? I think that was very helpful. Funny, I... When I was painting at home, that's what I would do. And I would usually take the biggest bedroom in mm -hmm. wherever I was living, make that into a studio, and then I'd hole up somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, You'd finish at the end of the day and still need, like your brain is still working, working, working on it. So I'd put it on an easel at the hall so I'd have to get out of bed, yeah. go look down the hall, <laughs> look at it. And now I find what I do always is the last thing when I put the last brush down or carving tool, depending on what I'm working yeah. on, take a photo. And now I can stay in bed longer. So Yeah, and I, on the, with the photo on the phone or mm -hmm. on the laptop, turn it upside down, flip it horizontal, mm -hmm. And just go, is that balanced? Is that, does this area support that area? It, it, I want to see it like I'm seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Like I've walked in and like, a nor like anybody else would. I don't want to think of it in, in the stages that I've done it. I want to come in and see what hits me first. Yeah. Is it the high contrast area? Is it the pure color? Is it what's grabbing me first so that I know what's going to grab people first? And then I'll do these little cinematography tricks of 
if that's the color that's grabbing you, I'll put another version of it over here to get you to bounce your eye over here. From there, I might have a curvy line that'll lead you up to here. There, I might have repetition, which the lazy eye likes, the brain likes, yeah. and lead you around. Because the cinematographers didn't want people looking at the center of the screen for two hours because they get tired eyes. Mm -hmm. So they've got these kind of things that they do, just like abstract artists do, where you go, I'll put this here. I'll have, maybe I'll put high contrast here and I'll have everything low contrast around it or I'll have semi-neutrals uh, set up next to this here in order to guide you around. Uh, the viewer doesn't know it. It happens in milliseconds right. before you even blink. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I like to do that and I need to look at it and think. And a lot of that now I'll do in the, in the sketching stage uh, when I'm just doing it in black and white and pencil. But I'll imagine, I'll, I'll put a little G for green will be there and R for red will be there. And, yeah. But it's all black and white in the beginning. But I, I, I consider all that before I'll start painting. Yeah, because I think it's important. I think, uh, I think a lot of that hits people. And they'll go, well, they like the painting, but they don't know why. And I've had people, different people over the years. And funny enough, uh, it was often women who would go, I like the red you use. And uh, you wouldn't think anything about it. And then a couple of years later, another woman would go, I like the red you use. And I'd be thinking, oh, it's, somehow it's... It's getting there. They they can't define why. Yeah, that's funny but because I like them. the red that you use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow it works. Yeah. 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 And 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 if someone's going to live with that image for um, fifty years or something, they're going to have it in their home. You want it to keep entertaining them in a sense. You want, you don't want them to get tired of it too soon. Yeah. 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 So. Being in the park, showing your work, I'm a little bit fascinated by this piece, so I might keep dragging you back here, but I would think, like, I've done Harmony Arts a, a number yep, of times. Yeah, I was up there and oh, I visited yeah, it, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and one of the things I love about it is that you can be a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. As people walk by, they have no understanding that the artist is within earshot or that That's they, right. that that is they can cool. be heard. Yes. And so, you I get mean, the honest opinion. You yes. do. Sometimes you get a big ego feed, and sometimes you're like, oh, that's right, I, could, I should think about this. <laughs> yeah, I have some of my best memories are like that. I had one in Stanley Park where I was set up, and, and the artist next to me, I can't remember her name, she did all flowers. And uh, so let's say she had, I don't know how, 16 paintings up or something. And this little elderly woman, very small, frail lady, I think she had a walker at the time, and she took little steps. Uh, and she would look down at, at the ground as she stepped just to be careful. So quite old. And she comes up to this lady's paintings. She lifts her head up and she goes, oh, I love these. And she's naming the flowers. I don't know all the names, but she's going, oh, I love roses. These roses are beautiful. And she goes on to the next painting. Oh, daisies, I love these. Oh, this is, this is, this is beautiful. And she's telling the artist beautiful work I just love this and, and she's looking at all the paintings and she's enjoying it all and then she finishes and she puts her head down looks down at her feet and she walks on and she comes down to where I am still in her, her walker and her small steps and her head's down and she comes to mine and she turns to face me and uh, my paintings and she lifts her head up and she goes oh whose nightmare is this <laughs> And it's one of my favorite memories. <laughs> and then she just ambled on a little faster. I think. <laughs> but I, 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 at the time, you're kind of like, oh, out of the blue. Yeah. But now I look back and I go, I love that. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's beautiful. It's great. <laughs> and you, you trust the, the elderly woman to be really honest, too. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, that was always my experience <laughs> at Harmony. And it is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, insightful. And you do develop yeah. a thick skin. You realize uh, some people just aren't interested in artwork at all anyways. Uh, you, know, you hear somebody say they're not interested in music. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, wow, you don't even like any type of music? Uh, it seems hard for me to fathom. But yeah, there's some people it just doesn't matter to them. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. So eventually you just go, hmm, well, whatever. Yeah. yeah, lots of people who do. <laughs> yeah, there were people that would come down there and they'd have a, a sofa cushion with them and they just wanted to see would it match their sofa and then that, that would help them decide whether they oh, should buy it wow. or not. Yeah, they've got their own, <laughs> their own reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Whatever the reason is, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I would think, too, so many people have an emotional connection to Stanley Park uh, for the reasons you talked yes. about and a whole. <clears throat> and I've seen that, others. too. I had somebody come up to me and uh, after everything was done, they said, thanks for the memory of Canada. And I thought, wow, it's, I, I certainly didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And uh, I know that Ian had sent one off to somebody. They had moved to another country or whatever, but they wanted a uh, memory of Stanley Park. Yeah. And that was part of it. I delivered one to one couple, and they, it was a big one. It was four by six, and they had it on a wall in their bedroom, which was a tiny bedroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like you get you're out of your bed. It's like then. a massive thing right there. So it's like, oh, you must like it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. How did you end up at Ian Tan? What was that transition like? That was kind of a stroke of luck in a sense. Uh, I was already at the Kerbatov up the street, and I was with the Gala Gallery, which was in North Van at the time, and then it moved to West Van, and then it became an online gallery. So that was... Let me do some going back here. I think that was 2003, 2004. And at the time, Ian had a gallery at Burrard and Hastings called the Portfolio Gallery. And they specialized at the time in more three-dimensional stuff, ceramics and glass and things like that. At that time, I was doing uh, my trees more just uh, as a rounded shape with uh, dots on it to show the shape. So the leaves were essentially just dots. They happened to look like, I can't remember if it was ceramic or glass, but he had an artist there that was doing their ceramic or glass that way. And so I contacted him and said, uh, if you do need, I contacted him and said, if you do need uh, some paintings as a background for this show, I happen to be doing uh, some Stanley Park scenes and they've got the, it looks a lot like this guy's work here, if you, you know, if you're interested. So he said, well, let's get together and talk. And uh, we met at a cafe around 6 in Granville. And he said, uh, I'm actually working on a new gallery. And it was still being built. And he goes, uh, let's walk over and I'll show you where I'm doing this gallery. And so it was just all cement inside. He hadn't got it started yet. And he said, uh, I'd like you to be part of it. Uh, he liked what I had shown him. And um, I said, that's great. Uh, just let me give a little bit of notice to these other galleries. I don't want to just drop them in a day kind of thing. Let me give them a, a few weeks or whatever. And I guess he took it as a no. Uh-huh. And uh, so I give these other galleries a, a little bit of time. I say, you know, I'm going to be leaving and blah, blah, blah. And it gives them time to do whatever they, in case they had something planned. I leave them and then I contact Ian and say, okay, I've left those other galleries. Because he wanted uh, exclusive for Vancouver, yeah. uh, which we still have. I won't show in another gallery in Vancouver. It's just a verbal agreement, but uh, that's fair enough. Uh-huh. So I left those other galleries. And I go to him, I've left them. Uh, I'm free and clear, and he goes, "Oh, I I thought you didn't want to oh, no. come." But I left and so my I'm like, for "Oh, you. okay." Uh, <laughs> so I said, <laughs> "I said uh, that's fine. I I, uh, I tell you what, just uh, keep me in mind, and if in the future you want to." And he goes, "No, no, uh, let's do it right now," type of thing. But he just he misunderstood me. I guess oh, I had spoken wow. wrong, so I almost blew it. Yeah. But so yeah, we got in there, and it was up the street. And I tell this to some artists up the street. I was literally two blocks up the street with the Kerbatov, and uh, they, at the time, were specializing in kind of European kind of style, and I guess their clientele was maybe going for that a little bit more. The sales weren't all that good. I was selling better in the park. You know, it's like, "Mm, why am I not, why is this not going across here? So I leave them, and I go one block across the street and down two blocks, just across the street and down two blocks, and the sales were going as fast as I could paint them. Yeah. And And I know there are people out there who go... 
I don't understand why my stuff's not selling. And I almost think all you need to do is maybe try a different gallery. Yeah. A different clientele is being attracted to that gallery or something. You wouldn't think that would make such a difference. But in this case, it did. And once I got in with him, even before we were officially in, I was still in the park. I was starting to send people to him to pay through him to show that him that I could sell regularly. So I said, yeah, if, uh, I'll deliver it for, to your home and all kinds of stuff. Just if you want to pay it through the gallery. And then that also is good for them because they have a brick and mortar kind of place that they've done business with. And if there's a problem, they've got someone they can go to kind of a thing. So it was good for the customer as well. It meant less money for me, but it was uh, it was good. Yeah, and they have such in that first that location you're talking about. They had such great street visibility. Fifty six feet of window on Granville, and most of the galleries are lengthwise, so they only have a small window and a door. Uh-huh. But he had yeah fifty six feet of window on that one side, and then it bent around the corner for another twelve feet or so. So very visible, and I know that people had seen the paintings simply in their cars driving by. That is where I became aware of them and yeah. fell in love with them, yeah. Yeah, it's and so it being visible like that, that really helped. Yeah. And, and uh, it still works in his new location, because I know the last one that sold, he said he had it in the window, and the lady drove by, and she went around the block and saw it again, and she came in and bought it. Mm-hmm. So it is very helpful to have the windows, mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard on Granville to get that kind of stretch of space and that gallery although it had the great windows and everything it didn't have a lot of space for all his pieces so he had to have a storage space off Mm -hmm. site so he did need to move to a bigger space so i think he's quite happy where he is it's a nice space right now yeah it's gorgeous i was just at the The photography show show, there yeah Yeah, really really great Yeah. yeah so yeah he's very happy to be there and in the time that i've been with him 13 years a lot of galleries have come and go in the in the stretch there so he's he's finding a way yeah he's a great person to work with i've enjoyed it and how did your professional life change from Park to Ian Tan? Like, are you busier? Is it uh, more thriving? I did get busier, yeah, because um, when I first got there, literally, I would finish a painting, and it would be wet for three or four weeks, but I'd email him the photo anyways, and he'd, he'd get back to me the next day and say, it's sold, get on the next one. And it was <laughs> like that for a year or two, yeah. uh, waiting list. The first show was a sellout, and he even had angry customers. Some, some guy got angry at him. He often tells that story mm-hmm. because the paintings were gone before the guy could get to them and things like that. So it was a case of go, 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 paint, 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 and pour it on. So I had taken a leave of absence from the hospital to do the first show, nine months, and because there was so much demand, it's like, well, if I go back to the hospital, I'm losing money here. There's people that want these, and I'm going to go back here to a job I don't like and make less. So I said to the hospital, can I be a casual? And so that was fine. I switched to casual, and uh, that was great and everything, but I was so busy I never went in. And they said, well, you know, you're a casual, but you got to come in once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> once a year or something. And they said, are you going to come in? And I said, you know what? No, I think I'm going to let it go. Because even if it flops, I want to know when I'm 70, 80, 90 that I at least took a run at it, right? When things were hot and I had a shot at it, that I put down this other stuff and I made a run at it, yeah. Yeah, and it's working. It's, it's uh, worked nice, yeah. yeah. Worked yeah. very well. So you are in an established gallery in Vancouver. Where else are you selling? I had been in other places. And with the internet, it's almost seemed like, do you need to be in a lot of galleries, a lot of areas? I, I know there's benefits to it because you'll reach new people, but I haven't pressed on that too much. Uh, on, on looking for galleries, I don't remember the last time I actually went out and started thinking of looking for other galleries. It, this has been enough uh, for now being with Ian. So yeah, we're back down to just Ian at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he's yeah. keeping you busy. 
but I will let out a little secret. Uh, I don't know if he likes to let these things go, but I am doing a show in October. Mm-hmm. So I should be painting right now, but I've got tendon damage to my painting hand. And I'm like, oh, if this goes on, if, I, if this isn't fixed by the end of May, then I might have to cancel the show. But... But uh, yeah, the show. The Tim Fraser left-handed series. It might have to be, or on morphine or something. <laughs> yeah. This is how he paints with painkillers and stuff. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I I think it'll come out okay. I just don't. I until I go to physio, I don't know what the deal is with this uh, yeah. this hand and everything. But yeah, this maybe this is my final interview. Maybe it's the end of the career or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. So uh, the yeah. plan is, I, I agreed to an October show. Yeah. I don't know the official date. I should ask him the next time I'm in there. But October. And do you see your work changing? Are you? Very gradually. I don't push to change um, subject matter necessarily. And when I mean subject matter, I mean the objects in there that I'm painting. For me, the subject matter is light and color. So really, I could do it on animals. I could do it on whatever. There are times when I get tired of painting the seawall. <laughs> I like to paint anything but. But I made this decision with myself a while ago that if I kept hammering away at it and trying to find new ways, you look at it and go, well, what can I do without? How can I improve it? Should I, should that edge be soft? Should it be hard? Should it be, and you just keep going and going and going. I should be able to slowly advance as opposed to what would feel like going sideways to me if I switched subject matters. Uh, now that works for a lot of people. I don't, it might work for me. I don't know, but I felt like even though I'm at times I'll feel stuck. I feel like I'll advance as a, uh, as a painter. If, this wall that I'm stuck against if I keep chipping at that wall so it'll be slow progress at times but I feel like I will come through the other side and something will come out of it so my development should be a a natural progression that you can look back on and go there's a gradual change and it made sense he went every step was a, a sensible one and it made the right sense it wasn't just jumping wildly all over the place trying to find you know something that would work it was a case of taking the fundamentals and when I when I went back to the fundamentals of just form and light and color, this kind of stuff you learn in first year art school or whatever, just back to the basics, we all hear them and we go, yeah, yeah. You know, we blow them off and all that kind of stuff. When I went back to them after 20 years of painting, then it all came together. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm heading back towards that so that one day, the less I do, the better they'll be. Right. Uh, I really feel that. I feel like if I, one day I'll do very little <laughs> and it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my hope. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I want to do it in a way that makes sense. I don't want to just jump at doing less yeah. unless I, it has to be a, there has to be a logical reason why you're doing less. And I, and I've done that, like taking out the textures made sense, taking out the horizon. I, I had to think about that when I thought people are going to be thrown off by this, mm-hmm. but I'm not painting the ocean and I'm not painting the sky. All I need back there is space because I'm working with forms. And the reason I'm working with forms is I'm, my subject matter is light and color. So by defining that in my own brain, and earlier paintings, I would look at them and I'd go, what do I like, what do I not like? And what I liked was the light and things that happened to the color in different lights. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of moved to that subject matter. But So by defining that in my brain, I can go, I don't need the horizon. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, all I need is space. I'm just dealing with forms. I'm, my subject matter is light and color. And eventually I should be able to get down to just light and color. And I know that sounds weird, but I've done it with photographs uh, where you, the sun is hitting a building and even though it's a solid building and you know it's a building, in the photo, it's nothing but uh, a color. It's nothing but a glowing kind of color, right? right? Yeah. If you hit it at a certain time of day, it'll show up in the photo as a patch of glowing color. It's, you haven't painted an object. Mm-hmm. You just laid a glowing color, but you laid it in a certain way 
and you put it in a certain area along with a few other things that people put their brain put it together and went I think that's a space I think that's a cityscape I think that's a whatever mm-hmm. I think it's doable I think you can get to a point not, not just colorism where people are doing the blocks of color and that is probably in the same direction maybe I'll head that way but I know it's possible to do simpler painting and just have it as color but done in a way that'll suggest light without having to paint a lot right so it, like it'll no be lines, reduced just maybe it'll just be one big giant brush and you'll do one stroke and the painting will be done type of thing right. but, but there is a way to get there but i need to do it in logical steps this is what fascinates me about art is we all have it's how far down a rabbit hole of thought we each individually go and before it's we our, go mad yeah <laughs> but it's our own like what you're doing is your own space it's your own yeah yeah, a lot of time of with yourself and your own thoughts. Yeah, and your brain just goes in in very interesting directions. And as you're talking about this, I'm seeing your work and I'm seeing it. It's like, a, it's like you're working a big focus type of apparatus. And as you get closer and closer to the goal, everything else falls away. The stuff you don't need. Yeah. And I, I see that in every. I hear it in music. It's like, tr- that could be trimmed. I watch movies and I think, geez, 90% of this dialogue should be trimmed. Get rid of that. Simplify. Get to the point. Uh, I really feel it's in a lot of things that way. Yeah. It's and does that spill out into other parts of your life? Like where? Uh... I would love if I could go through life owning nothing more than what would could be held in a backpack. I would love that. I don't want to own anything. I get tired of people selling me stuff. I don't want to see signs saying this is on sale. I don't. I don't want to go. I go into a mall and it's like I don't want anything in here. Mm-hmm. I just want to be right down to nothing. And not be obliged to, you know, paying whatever or, or accumulating things. Uh, I, yeah, to some degree it does. I feel like the less I have, the happier I am. The lighter I feel. I feel like if I have a bunch of stuff, and we do have a lot of stuff, it, the clutter, you know, it comes in all the time from the mail and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I'm walking through life pulling a sled full of, it's getting heavier and heavier. And I, I just want to dump all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. And I, maybe that'll come through in the paintings. Maybe that's why I'm heading in that direction with the paintings. But I, I know a lot of it with the light and color. I always had that. I, I know people way back remarked on my use of color at times back in the nineties for, for some jury shows that I put in and things like that. And even in the seventies, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know this, but the TVs back then, I remember going up to the TV as a kid, and you'd see the little colored bars. You don't get that anymore, but I don't know if you remember the old tube. If you got your eye right up close to it, you'd see lots of these three colored bars, green, red, and blue. And as you pulled back, it became the image. And I used to think, how do they do that? And so I do that now. You can't, mixing colored light and mixing colored pigment is different. You have to cheat a little bit and adjust. But I only use three colors, and I mix everything from there. I don't go out and buy browns and purples or whatever. I just buy the same three colors. And what are your three colors? They have to be a specific yellow, a specific red, and a specific blue. And I, when I say specific, in, for my needs, uh, because I'm going to do a lot of the focal points and all that are going to be a pure color. And because I'm dealing with light, I want to be able to start from a pure light and then semi-neutral it down to other colors. Uh, so I will uh, go with, uh, on the if you put the uh, color wheel to work, uh, you'd pick a, a, as pure a yellow as you could, and then you'd do a perfect, mm-hmm. what, what kind of triangle like is that? Like a triad, that? Equa, yeah. Equa, whatever. Um, yeah. 
One of those. Yeah, we don't know that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> mathematician, that's a different we were, interview. We were in art class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we failed. We were in the same school together, but we, we both failed, yeah. I failed art, actually, in high school. Did you? Yes. And I never went. I was oh. going to ask you who the, who the art teacher was. I can't remember her name, but she was in charge of the graduating class for marching around and practicing for before we went up to SFU. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember her name, but the problem was I was doing really well in the beginning at 10 out of 10, so I started skipping out like crazy. <laughs> and then she, when I went to do the practice march, I noticed my name wasn't on the list. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I went to the office and they said, no, you failed that course. And by failing that course, I didn't graduate. Wow. Because in grade 11, I don't know what it's like now, but in grade 11... You were allowed, you knew in the final two years you could fail three courses and still graduate. So mm -hmm. I picked the three that I would fail. <laughs> Very strategic. <laughs> yeah, I Nicely thought I'm going to use those ones for skipping out <laughs> and whatever. And I had it all worked out. But art was not But then the I list. blew art. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. And so, yeah. And so did you go back? I went up and watched the ceremony. So I watched all my classmates march around without me and went to the parties afterward and stuff. And then my parents were like, we didn't know you were skipping out so much. I was literally taking entire weeks off from school. I'd wake up Monday morning and I'd get up like I was going to school until everyone was gone. And then I'd go, I'm not going this week. And where would you go? What were you doing? Sometimes just hang around the house and listen to music. Yeah. Uh, and just I just couldn't deal with school anymore. I, I And so my parents were like, well, we didn't know. And we went to see the vice principal. And he said, well, look, uh, if Tim will go out and draw some barns, uh, pen and ink barns and stuff, I can't give you a grade, but I'll give you a pass. So I did that over the summer, and he gave me a pass. And so I'm part of that graduating class, but thanks to art, I blew it <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. So it's just like your big comeback. I'll show so you. So it, it might have been. Yeah. Maybe it was like, you know what? I better get my act together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a funny, yeah, funny story, art related. As you are simplifying your paintings. Mm -hmm. I'm super curious what your studio is like, what your art practice is like in your studio. We're in a town home, and the bottom floor is a finished basement with a living room and a bedroom and all that kind of stuff. The bedroom's a good size. Uh, what is it? Maybe 12 by 18 kind of range, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's got a couple of windows to the outside, so I use that as my studio. And it's been the dedicated studio space for, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years or so. And it's long enough that I can have maybe three good-sized paintings up, uh, canvases up at a time. So sometimes while one's drying, I, I can certainly get to work on, on more. But uh, it's a decent-sized space, and it's a nice, quiet space. It's, if you walked in, it's quite messy. Uh, I try to keep it relatively clean around where I'm painting, but the stuff piles up. And Yeah. Mine is uh, same. <laughs> oh, well, I but it's a dedicated space, right? It is a dedicated yeah. space, and I was in a studio in Chinatown until a year ago. Where are we in time now? Yeah, about a year ago, and it was a two-story studio, like amazing. Mm -hmm. I had a little uh, had a little sleeping area upstairs for those important naps yeah. and uh, and overflow guests, and it was just a huge space. Like I'm, you know, some of the prints I'm doing are. 10 feet long. Uh, I've seen the cut. You had them up at the Harmony Festival. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. The building got sold. And oh. so we decided to sell our Vancouver house, kind of pull up stakes. And we're staying now in our ski place up at Apex Mountain. Yeah. And I was looking for a studio in town. I was starting to make phone calls and my husband was doing the same. And then one day I'm sitting in the living room. Actually, I was working on a painting at home because I had stuff I had to get done. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, on our second floor and he's like, uh, honey, there's this huge loft area oh, that, that sounds uh, nice. I had such a strong aversion to working at home that I, it hadn't even dawned on me. Why? Why um, would that bother you? Well, because 
especially up there, but in general, I like to be around people and I like to be around other artists and I like to have okay. that interaction. You should have a show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you really have like to be, be by yourself, <laughs> though, to work. Y- yeah, well, yes. And so I thought I would give it a try and now I'm totally in love with it. And so the ski season has ended and the population is gone. So you're actually up on the mountain? Then? I'm up on the mountain and I'm in this loft. Like wow, the second you can floor. go walking out for hikes and yeah, things like that. Totally, and yeah, totally. Totally. The dog insists that I do. And now but I've got all of these art materials from my two-story you know, packed oh, studio. Oh, into a smaller space? Everything is just like bit by bit. I'm thinking, oh, I need this one thing. So I'll lug it up there. And then, oh, I need this. And then something will go on sale. Like wood cradles went on sale. Yeah. And I bought everything they had. Uh-oh. So I've just got like, it's uh, it's not very zen anymore. I'm going to have to rethink your comments. Uh, time about, for a sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think so. <laughs> or another place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds good though. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like it. the idea of the lofts. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you have to make, uh, you have to consider other people in your life, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the spouse and stuff, they got to have a life too. Yeah. But I like the idea of, uh, again, being close to the paintings uh, as much as possible I, I really feel if you're going to move forward, you have to have time to be in your headspace, to really go to think, what, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Why am I even doing it? And before my wife and I got together, I said, there's going to be t- stretches where I need to be by myself. So you need to have your girlfriends to do stuff with. And there might be times when you're watching TV by yourself. and blah, You, you got to be aware of that before we get together kind of a thing. Before, you know, you got to be cool with that. And she is. And, and it's been great and everything. But I really had to. I really had to point that out. That I need headspace. I can't move forward unless I can problem solve my way through to the next thing. And I gotta have no people around to some degree. I like having people around. And for a while there, I did get a little bit of cabin fever when I was doing it full time for about five years. And it's like I gotta get out and I gotta start seeing people again. Yeah, it is good. I think you, after social stuff, you just you feel better. It's like you de-stress or something, and maybe that helps get things going again. But after that, I still need uh, some some of my own space there. Yeah. yeah, and it is great to have different reasons and ways. Like when you were talking about working in Stanley Park and having this gathering of artists there, just having these little pools of artists in your life too to kind of download and share. They understand the challenges, they do. right? Yeah. They've worked with the material, yeah, uh, which your spouse might not have or your friends might not have. So they under- they can look at yourself and go, well, you, uh, we know how hard it is to work with that kind of stuff and do whatever with it. And that's very helpful. I also found that when there was 40-something artists, I would consider things like, well, now I need to stand out in this bunch. And I would do paintings with, again, the bright colors or high contrast or something like that. And I would do images that you couldn't tell exactly what they were from 100 feet away. The colors and the contrast and all kinds of stuff would attract you. And you might pop your head up over the other paintings and go, well, what's that over there? And I'd do them big. But I'd do them in a way that you couldn't be sure exactly what they were. Because they weren't obvious. Again, they were more like shapes and things. So I knew I was drawing people over from a farther away thing. And I've mentioned that uh, to Ian at the gallery, and I think that's uh, helpful in the windows that we're talking about there, too. You're going by, and you've only got a couple of seconds to grab someone's attention. You're going to need certain things that grab them. And we put red on stop signs and stoplights on it because that's the color that grabs people's attention more than anything else. Certain colors will trigger certain kind of things. And I'm aware of that, and I'll put that in my key areas of the painting. And, and uh, I learned that a little bit from down the park there when you got a bunch of other artists, and you're like, well, I need to stand out. I need to be... 
you know, it gets you, there's a lot of benefits to being around other artists. Yeah, I uh, am part of this collective, the 13 Feet Off the Ground. It's awesome. And a show in May here, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love it because when you're in a group of people you really respect, it does make you look at your work and think, I'm going to be putting this in a show with them. I want this to be worthy. And I think a lot of these great studio spaces where there's, you know, people have their private space, but... There is that interaction. It just, I think it feeds us in a like really the, cool way. Like the culture way. crawl there, you see there. Yes, yeah. it does. It's, uh, there's something very beneficial about it. It's not really a competition, but it, it does make you up your game a little bit. It's like when you play tennis with somebody who's better than you, yeah. you play better. You yeah. play somebody who's worse than you, you kind of play down to them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it does raise your, your game a little bit. And you do go, look at, the, look at the effort this person's putting in and look at the time and how often they work on their stuff. Why don't I do that? And you are here a little bit outside of the city. You're in this great community. Is there that kind of artist life here? Uh, you're more spread out here, of course. I go downtown a lot. Uh, I'll mostly see other artists now at shows. I'll go to shows and support people, uh, show up and just let them know uh, and that kind of a thing. So, no, you get out in the suburbs, it does spread out a little bit. There's certainly a lot of artists out here, that's for sure. It's, there's stuff happening out there. It's just not as concentrated, I don't think. Uh, it's still not... There's galleries and things, but it's just not the same. I, I feel like downtown, it's easier to get into groups unless you arrange something yourself, right? You get on social media and get people together or, or put on some sort of show somewhere. But uh, it's probably more artists out here than there are downtown. But downtown, it's an easier thing to, to get together and right. and hook up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're spending time. I'm back and forth. Yeah. and uh, But I like where we are. We're actually, uh, I'm about 20 minutes from here. Uh, a little more south. We're not far from a Serpentine Fan, which is a, a Ducks Unlimited kind of thing, and you can walk around there. We used to take the dog for a walk in there. So you, you can get away from suburbia where we are. We're close to a number of things. You don't have to go too far to get a break from it. Mm-hmm. And I like downtown, too. I like the cities and, and everything. It's nice to be out here, but I think for your question, uh, it still seems like downtown's a, a better place to be. And if you are, like some of the places you're talking about down Parker Street and things like that, I think that's a great kind of, it's the same effect. It's that it'll rev you up faster, I think, than if you just worked alone. I think it, you'll you'll just get, it, it, instead of it being a job, it'll be a lifestyle more. It'll be a way of living, and you'll think about it more, and your conversations will be about it more, and it'll get you up to speed faster. I think it's helpful to be around other artists. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. You're going to explore a lot of different yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah. It's been super fun. Like, I'm just totally How are you looking it. for people in Europe? Do you go online and kind yep. of... It started by looking for the artists that I really like, mm-hmm. that I follow, and some of them happen to be in the cities that I was going to. And uh, now I've put out on Instagram and Facebook, hey, if anybody knows artists in these areas. And I'll just keep kind of looking that way. So That's good. Each, You'll get uh, friend of a friend of a friend, like what I yeah. told you before. Yeah. And even... Uh, talking about Europe, uh, going the other way to Asia, when uh, we were in Bali, uh, of course, that whole culture is artistic. So mm-hmm. we had a guide for a lot of it. And he said, yeah, after school, we all do about an hour or two of art school. And everybody does it. Oh. Uh, and so we said, can we go into one? And we went into one and all his na- it was in his neighborhood and all his neighbors and their kids and everybody's in there doing their paintings and drawings and they're loving it. It's just their culture. And we ended up buying off of a guy who was 12 and said, oh, we like yours. Can we buy it? And and it's not like a punishment. you got to go after school to yeah. art school. It's just like it's something everybody has done. So it's almost like this entire culture 
it's their normal. They wouldn't know not to paint or do artwork or stuff right. like that. Uh, not that they're all artistic, or whatever. But they and they do the same kind of traditional style. But they accept it as a way of life mm-hmm. to do it that way. Like their 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 lives in general are very artful with all their offerings and things like that. But I, I didn't realize that it was a normal thing for every kid there to do a couple hours art school after school every day. Wow. To, yeah. Yeah. And so you might be might be worth one day exploring over that way. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I will go wherever the cruise ship company sends me. And actually, sure. we did we did last year. We went from Singapore to Hong Kong, yeah. and and I did slip out and interview a few people. But oh, no, I was very good. I was doing interviews for the radio at the time instead of for a podcast. But yeah. uh, we yeah. were in uh, Beijing a couple of years ago, and they have an art area. It's kind of like Granville Island, but it's more high end galleries are in there. And I forget what it is. It's a number. It's like Art Six Five, whatever is the name of the. The area. It's larger than Granville Island, but it's an in, it used to be an industrial area. They've turned it all into galleries and things, mm-hmm. and that would be a cool place to explore. We, we walked around it for, I think, just the day or whatever and went to different galleries. Professional galleries, a wide variety of stuff, and possible good interview yeah. interviews there. I'd have to look it up again and see what it's called, but it's their kind of art scene area for Beijing and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's a lot of world to explore. There's a big world. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Do you have a kind of idea of how long you might do? Would you do like three years? How, like how long am I going to do this? No idea. So it could it's, run for a long time. You know, really, it started as uh, it started. I went down to Mexico and I had a project in mind that you I was going to do. You were in Mexico do. City, right? Or was it Los Cabos? I was in Mexico City, but also Los Cabos. We're building a house there right now. Okay, because I know the first couple of interviews were down in Mexico, right? Or yeah. one of them, yes. In Los Cabos, yeah. yeah. And there will be more there for sure. Good. But I was down there and I was planning to work on a series of paintings. Mm-hmm. And I was all set. I went and you know did my preliminary stuff. And then I went to the art supply store where you could get warm yellow but you couldn't get a cool yellow you could get a cool red but not a warm red and if you wanted white you just weren't going to get it for a couple weeks like there was nothing there was nothing available and i thought oh my god i'm down here trying to quarterback our house build i was by myself it was Mm -hmm. you got the time to paint yeah i had nothing else to do and i couldn't paint and i'm not like a board carol is a dangerous carol, and it should just never happen. So <laughs> I, uh, I was down there, and I thought, well, I can't paint. I had two different projects that I wanted to do this year. The other was the podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything about them, but I just thought, I'm here. I've got time. Before, and Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Before the podcast, didn't you do some similar kind radio, of Radio, yeah. Did you, oh, it was a radio. Okay. Yeah. Was it interviews? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you did have some experience. I had in some regard. experience, yes. okay. yeah. yeah. I, um, I was interviewed for the radio about a show I was in, mm-hmm. and... Each time they would interview me, I would say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm just about to go on this whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd give them some kind of hook to say, oh, well, come back and talk to us when you do that. Yeah, good. So I'd go back and do another interview. And by the third interview, they said, hey, we like you. And we think it would be more fun to have an artist interview artists mm-hmm. than for, uh, you know, our interviewers to do it and yeah. uh, so I started bringing in artists and interviewing them and it was so fun loved it um, but I found I'm traveling too much to be able to do that so that's Poor kind thing. of I know <laughs> <laughs> just do you want me to hand you a Kleenex <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. we said before because you're an artist you'll understand some of the challenges yeah that the, the person who doesn't work with paint or doesn't mm-hmm. work with sculpture wouldn't necessarily know they wouldn't know how hard it might be or, or what or what you know yeah. stuff comes up so yeah. you are by virtue of having done it 
Mm-hmm. You will know. You'll have the better questions and the better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just downright curious. Like I always, I I see somebody's artwork and I really want to know what makes you paint trees in Stanley Park like beautiful glowing. I think orbs. we it's, we have those questions. I, yeah. I I had one question that bugged me for years was. How are these professional artists deciding on the color to put right there? How are they getting the right color in the right spot, mm-hmm. right? They, you'd go, gee, that's the right color there, and, and they, they've got it exactly right. How did, they, how did they zero down to that exact color? And I could never figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, is there, like a, is there a rule book? Is there something around here that will show us? <laughs> but then it wasn't until I got into color theory, which then guides you towards picking the right yeah. colors, and it's like, okay, that helps. But for years... That was one of my questions. You have that kind of, I, I, I got to figure this out. How are these people deciding it? Where's the information? I, I can't figure this out. Well, here's a fun tale I will share with you. Mm. I While I was doing interviews for the radio station, I interviewed John Capitano mm-hmm. in Parker Street. Okay. And he is an awesome painter. He does these beautiful paintings of crazy things like some market scenes and and chaosy things mm-hmm. he's like the opposite of you okay uh but he also does these paintings of dish racks in his studio like just a mm-hmm. dish rack full of dishes and it's just like crazy and the way he picks his colors is very scientific he has a dartboard in his studio <laughs> and he literally he's got it all changed to colors yeah. and he literally throws a dart and it says you know purple and that's <laughs> and, what you're going and with that's yeah. what that thing is and he does it the whole way through so it's just this wild random chaosy collection of color yeah and it totally works good and good. yeah so everybody everybody's got their yeah their i think i think anything can be any color and i certainly wouldn't mm-hmm. put restrictions on how you paint mm-hmm. uh, i you know some people i have had young people come to me can you look at my stuff and that kind of a thing and i I hate to, to I, I, I kind of encourage them, I, I say, I like the trajectory you're on and that kind of a thing, because I truly believe that whatever anybody's doing, you don't know what that might lead to 10 years from now, right? Then maybe they're, in, they're struggling now and it's like, oh, this person's not very good at whatever, but if they keep going, they could end up on something. So I, I try to be more, in those situations, be encouraging more than anything, to say, yeah, keep going, and I like where you're going with it and the potential of it. And it's like, well, whatever you're doing, who knows what it's going to end up as. It could it could really take you somewhere special yeah. uh, that is unknown and not seen before. And yeah. And have you done any mentoring or teaching? Little short things, workshops and uh, uh, things like that. But I, I know with having a sister who's a teacher that teaching itself is a skill and my worry, one day when I visited her, she had pulled aside a lot of the kids who were interested in that and had a special class and asked me to come in and do stuff with them. And I said, I don't know what would be, I think the age at this time was grade five or something like that. And I said, I don't know what would be too hard for them. I don't know what would be too easy for them. And that was, that's a struggle for me to figure that out. And I also, another problem that I would have is I do a lot of things just automatically I don't think about them anymore. I've just, I've got them going that way and I'm already, I'm, I'm doing them and I want other things. Uh, I would have to backtrack and, and kind of refigure myself out and go, well, what am I doing for the first step and why in order to explain it to people? Well, I think your work is inspiring all on its own. The show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I don't know if you have a little punchline tucked up your sleeve for me. I or... thought about it, but uh, 
Uh, what I will do is I'll give you an anecdote. Let's do that. And it's uh, back in Stanley Park again. And uh, one of the nice things about being down there is you get to sit among all the old trees and, and all that. And, uh, and one year I was sitting under a tree and uh, a crow landed on a branch above me and was looking at me. And uh, we kind of looked at each other for a little while and I thought maybe he's looking for food or something. I don't know what he's up to. Uh, pretty smart bird. So you kind of watch them, especially when they're that close. And he started to walk sideways. He did that little sidestep, but he was going sidestep, sidestep, sidestep. And he was slow and deliberate, and he stopped where he wanted to stop, and he stopped right above one of my paintings, and he pooped on it. <laughs> and I thought, everyone's a critic. <laughs> yeah, And it's like, it was dead center. It's like, you did that on purpose, didn't you? You looked at me for a while, and then you sidestepped, and you found the one you wanted. <laughs> And yeah, maybe so. he was just telling you that he felt very comfortable with. Your <laughs> I was told it was good luck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, let's so, go with that. Good, good, <laughs> yeah. very good. Well, thanks for taking the time to come down here and oh, play with thanks me. Thanks for having awesome. me. Thanks yeah. for having me. I, I'm glad you asked me. Yeah, right on. Great. Okay, thanks. You've been listening to two artists walk into a bar. I'm your host artist Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers. <laughs>